unspoken road we always try to bring forth the story of those who not only tasted success but faced challenges head on and stepped up the ladder and became successful and inspiration to others today we have with us aditya shakalya a graduate from university of miami founder of the wandering monk resort managing director of tiger and wood resort who started his entrepreneur journey way back in 2010 let's hear directly from him what all it took to be here where he is right now welcome aditya to unspoken road we would like to have you on board and like to take your introduction thank you sindhu it's my pleasure to be here with all of you guys could you please introduce yourself all right uh, so as you said my name is aditya shakalya what i currently do is that i am the founder of a company which is called the wandering monk we are actually a resort management company so what we do is we take up resorts that are kind of not doing well or uh, uh, the resorts in which the owners or you know whoever had invested in it has lost interest and we try to turn it around so mostly when we get to take up a place it is a place that needs flipping in the sense that it's not doing that well or it is maybe a new place and the person who has invested is uh, not really uh, apt or he does not have the competency that is required in running that kind of a thing you know most probably for example if you are an investor and you have the money but and you always wanted to have a hotel or a resort of your own but you don't really know how to run it or you don't want to run it also you want to continue with whatever else you do in life so then we come in the picture you contact us uh, we meet you we tell you what we would be doing with your place and we ask you what are you actually expecting out of us and then we take up the place uh, we take end to end care of it right from sales to marketing to branding to operations and start generating money for you and take a little bit of that for ourselves so that we stay alive so that is what the wandering monk does this all started with the resort which is called tiger and woods which uh, you know i've been operating uh, since 2014 and uh, when i came here this place is in page by the way it's a tiger reserve in madhya pradesh it was uh, oh, a wow. top rated tiger reserve last year uh, and uh, home to a legendary tigress called kolawali she just passed away due to old age uh, so you know she was a, a world record holder in the sense that she had given birth to 29 litters oh, oh no sorry yeah. nine litters that means 29 kids i'm sorry yeah so uh, this is the place and it is uh, a tourist hotspot a lot of resorts have come up because you know say for example if you are traveling to page and you stay with me and then you say wow man this business is good and i have the money so i should also have a resort in page and then you end up buying land but then you realize that okay this is not that straight forward and we have off seasons and weekdays also but now that you have bought it you are eventually going to make it and then we are going to run it for you so this is how it happens and when uh, i took this place up so you can say that it just so happened that you know this was this tiger and woods and itself became a case study when i took it up it was in shambles it was not in a very very good shape because one tiger tourism was not that big a deal back in 2014 and uh, you know the place was uh, kind of bare with pretty much nothing 
and you know very few people would come now and then the ones who live around or ones who <clears throat> know of these kind of places so you no know, people from bangalore pune bombay mostly only these kind of people who knew about wildlife tourism and over the years uh, without any prior um, i would say investments or uh, i didn't have a lot of money to put in and you know kind of turn it around in one go that you know you okay you come in you put in say a few crores and then you make it the best resort and start running it so whatever it was a pretty bootstrap kind of way in which i worked that we took up the place and whatever i earned from here you know i kept on putting it back uh, into the resort and eventually it took me like at least 3 4 i would say like 4 4 years before the place in itself became uh, it completely turned around you know but it's not like one of those tv shows that you do it in like two episodes you know it's a four year long process so you don't oh, see those changes oh. right oh. so when your when your child is growing taller you don't see him growing taller but he eventually becomes taller Absolutely. he eventually becomes bigger so by the time it was 2017 18 till then uh, i just could not wean it away from me as in you know there were no holidays from me i would not travel Uh, i would be here all the time because uh, uh, obviously the staff that is around from this area is uh, kind of semi skilled and uh, partially literate not really educated so you know you can't go to them and uh, start giving them this maslow's hierarchy or say that you know okay what is motivation in this and that it's just simple that you know you work and we pay you kind of a thing but you have to show them the bigger picture because you need to align them with uh, your dream basically <clears throat> so you know uh, right so uh, only after 2017 18 did people start noticing tiger and woods in the sense that okay every year we come and there is something new happening so uh, when i came here the place was in a very very bad shape so there would be a lot of complaints so you know some people gave us a chance that okay we will come again anyways there were not a lot of good options back then so every property had flaws and you know things like that uh, but as and when whenever they would come back they would see that uh, things are improving you know either the number of rooms or uh, the condition with the power supply or a swimming pool or better staff you know better trained staff you know, more hygiene you know things like that so eventually it just so happened that people would come to tiger and woods for tiger and woods they would want to see what this place is that people are talking about and then uh, you know as the things started improving as more money started coming and you know you start hiring better people and uh, today we are at a stage where we are sold out even on weekdays which is um a very very big thing i would say because pench and a lot of places in india you know they're all wildlife uh, destinations or be it you know religious places or whatever it's majorly a weekend crowd you know people get free on friday evenings and then they travel but uh, luckily for us we get a different monday to friday crowd as well people who are on longer circuits you know say for example if someone is traveling from bangalore he won't just go back in two days you know so he would he would stay here for three days and maybe move on to kanha or bandhavgarh do the entire uh, wildlife circuit so we started getting those kind of people because uh, we straight to we stayed uh, true to our philosophy of the way we wanted to run it it was not always you know that which what would give us the maximum profit but there has to be a certain 
uh, vibe to things like this. It just cannot just be another hotel. There are about 60, 70 resorts here now. Uh, but unless you stick to a certain ideology or philosophy, it becomes very difficult to, you know, keep yourself away from the crowd and set yourself apart. Because there would always be people who are uh, uh, wealthier, who can put in more money, who can make more opulent places to live in. They can have a spa, they can have big, you know, 100 TVs in the rooms. So you can't just be doing all of that and beating all of that. So, you know, and then eventually it just so happened that the rooms that I had, so earlier I had 10 rooms. Then as the demand grew, I made four more. So I had 14. Then uh, I didn't, so it's a small three acres of space. And uh, so I'm saying small because usually, uh, you know, wildlife resorts are, they're sprawling places. They're like 30 acres, 10, 15, 20, whatever. So in this area, we only have 14 rooms. And then we started running out of that also. I think you know there were more inquiries and lesser rooms available and that is how the wandering monk was formed that okay there are more inquiries but i cannot have one more tiger in woods that kind of money is not there and that kind of space is also not there so what do you do so you take up other resorts because they are running empty <laughs> that's a good strategy yeah yeah and uh, now if you take that up, you know, initially people are always happy that you are sending guests to their places. But then the issue is that the service is not the same. You know, their ideology is different. Uh, they uh, are not very flexible with, say, guest demands or they have their own issues. So we thought that why just give the room to a resort and ask those guys to host the guest? Why not take up that resort and operate it also so that whatever we are committing to the guest, he would get it there also. And then we started taking up resorts for operations. And uh, it was a big thing because, you know, one in the hotel industry, the attrition is uh, a major problem. Like the staff is always jumping from one place to the other. Secondly, this region being such where you don't find uh, educated people easily. Uh, and then, you know, adding more properties uh, at the same location, it becomes very difficult to find people. But I think we have been kind of... Uh, able to address that challenge as of now we don't know about tomorrow especially you know times like covid when uh, there are no guests and still we need to retain some stuff we don't want to lose them and you know company like us we don't have like some unlimited funds that you know we'll just keep on paying salaries but you know that's what business is i think it is uh, uh, you know how easily can you torture yourself more <laughs> That's what business comes down to. You know? <laughs> but this that, is a brilliant thing which you know you are doing or you have done. So you you've turned around the entire resort and you've opened up another one. Uh, so we would get back to this uh, and know more about your journey, how actually you did it. Uh, but I would definitely like to take you back, uh, you know, when did you start your professional career and, you know, why did you take this particular step when you were, you are a graduate from the University of Miami. So uh, how did it come to your mind? Uh, so, you know, India is a, India is a middle class country. You know, the country in itself is middle class, the proverbial middle class. So we are we are not like superbly rich. 
and we are not like downright african countries poor in the sense of the word right uh, so being from that kind of a country even your family is like that and uh, considering that you know we were i think all of us we were born sometime in the 80s uh, you know late 80s or whatever oh, I, or what that we call the 90s what 80s yeah 80s or 90s so i was born in 83 so dad was uh, working with uh, the billa group there's this very small again a middle class industrial town called uh, nagda so it had the biggest rayon manufacturing unit so you know the schooling was there obviously there was no exposure there was no internet uh, times of india would also come one day late because you know we stayed in the center of the country and times of india bombay would take a day to reach you so you know monday's newspaper you would read on tuesday <clears throat> but well so and it was all it was all okay for us you know that's how it was so there was no exposure as such it's just that so either you are good at academics or not uh, even now it is the case but that that time it was more so you know uh, like life and death depended on that kind of a thing so um, i was a biomass student uh, because i was good at studies and plus uh, there was a lot of extra curricular also so you know honestly speaking when you say today that uh, kids identify early what are their skills or parents should try to find out what the kids are good at and put it there was no such thing you know so you are good at study so you study more that is how it was and uh, so i finished my 12th in 2000 and then uh, i did my engineering uh, so that was again a funny thing that uh, because i was a biomass student i was not really sure if i would want to be a doctor or an engineer not sure at all i didn't even know that what do you study in these fields or what do you do so yeah you know you know you're a doctor and you're treating people but that is pretty much it or if you become a surgeon you are doing surgeries or if you become an engineer then you do engines you know whatever whatever that means <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, i was pretty open about it because uh, everybody at home kind of aspired for me to be a doctor and i was like yeah okay yeah whatever we'll become a doctor we'll see uh but it just so happened that uh, uh i took all these entrance exams earlier there used to be these different ones for different states so me being from mp we did that i took all those uh, for engineering and for medical and uh i did the karnataka ones also the cts and ended up getting ranks in both uh, the medical entrance and engineering and this was a soup because i was thinking that i will not get through one so obviously the default being the other thing but uh, uh eventually i had to make a call you know i would say that destiny wanted me to say that okay no you have to say so the day before uh, the counseling for the medical seat i told my dad that you know i would rather not be a doctor because it takes too many years to become a doctor so i'll just become an engineer it only takes 4 years <laughs> That's a good reason to call off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously he uh, he was not happy with the decision, but whatever. So then uh, I got into engineering, not knowing uh, what all would I be studying, not being really passionate about it also. So, anyways, so finished those four years, and uh, by the end of. the second day i was pretty sure that okay this is not for me i would not want to be doing this uh, for the rest of my life 
you know it didn't it didn't excite me basically so uh, but when just when i decided that it does not excite me uh, uh, infosys uh, happened to come to the college and i got selected so again you know nothing much to be done so fine i finished my fourth year i joined infosys i was in bangalore for a while uh, then i was shifted to hyderabad then from hyderabad uh, uh, british telecom used to be a client so i went to croydon i was in uh, uk for almost a year uh, again not uh, very happy with the kind of work that we were doing i mean you know so like for example the wandering monk when you are doing something you are excited about what the future holds for you you know but this was like okay you are on site and find the weather is nice the country is different but i didn't see myself in that role that well and uh, uh, i saw the way a lot of project managers were working there like so we were working on weekends we were working on holidays and i think then what's the point of uh, you know being at such a place when you are even working on holidays and weekends and that was not so where is the work life balance you know there has to be certain life also and i was a pretty outgoing guy who would who had interest in a lot of things you know like sports and books and this and that and a lot of things so i decided that that's not for me so when i returned from uk i resigned from infosys now something had to be done again that was not very happy about it <laughs> but uh, so then i took my gmat and i got through i got i got like um, my percentile was good and everything so i traveled to the us it was a scholarship uh, i went to university of miami i um, studied there and i interned with budweiser also there because my plan was that after i graduate i would uh, come back to india and start a brewery of my own like a micro brewery rather that uh, you know you brew your own beers and everything uh, but for the record madhya pradesh has got that kind of law only now like in this year like past month i guess so there was no such uh, political or legal framework in india and when i came back i realized that i don't have that kind of money that would be required to set up a brewery so uh, then you are only left with your brains that is when i started my brand consulting company in 2010 when i came back and 2010 it just like fast forward to 2014 this opportunity came along i was married i had a a six month old son and uh, me and thankfully the wife was also on the same page we decided that we don't want the son to grow up in the city and we ended up in pench and we've been here for the past 8 years now so it was more a need for the life than the money basically you know so there were there are a lot of interests i pursue uh, i am a writer my book has just come out Uh, i am a certified yoga trainer also we used to homeschool our son for the longest of time like even before it became kind of an in thing due to covid oh. we'd been doing uh, we'd be homeschooling him and uh, my wife she is also into ayurvedic cooking and uh, she runs her own bakery and everything in pench now she's pretty established so it was more of a lifestyle choice that ended up being a uh, you know financially positive decision that we are building on currently so that's how it happened so it was a very roundabout way of reaching uh, to this profession you know it was not straight forward like prior to this startup so have you failed to any startup idea prior to this 
Uh, I have failed in the sense that uh, so the brand consulting company that I ran, um, I was the you know I was more into the creative bit of it and talking to clients and kind of getting them on board. I was not a finance guy, which I am now. You know, I am pretty good with the money now, but uh, that was the learning curve. So we started and we were doing it pretty well. So back in 2010-11 when Facebook was kind of just taking off. In a way, you know, we were the only ones who were uh, not actually, we were not an ad agency that is selling you space in the newspapers. We were a design agency. And, uh, you know, we had some uh, good names like Gatsby India was our client, uh, Radisson Indoor, you know, these bigger names who would, uh, you know, everyone knows about these kind of brands. So, uh, so we were three partners. Uh, One was, uh, so I was there. Then Harshita was my wife now. She was there. And there was one more guy. He was the finance uh, director. So we were joint signatories on the checks. Uh-huh. And uh, basically, uh, <laughs> so basically he ran away with all the money. This is what happened. <laughs> all of it. Uh, and I got to know of it very late. So now, for example, the four of us are here at this meeting and we become partners. You know, I would, and all of us are like, say, 25% each. And I won't think that you would take away the money from the company because you are the one who's going to grow with it. But, you know, then he was, uh, he had some other ideas. He was into uh, commodities and this and that. So, you know, he started uh, withdrawing money. And it was very late because I was traveling quite a bit. You know, some of the clients were in Delhi, Gurgaon, NCR. Then they were in Bombay. Then we were always scouting, you know, you, I call you up and you say that, yes, I am interested. So I'm traveling to Bangalore and, uh, you know, then there would be dates for the salaries and everything. So this guy, by the time I got to know that the staff has not been getting salaries, though the money is being withdrawn, it was pretty late. It was, uh, so whatever we had built was just turned to dust, like right away. I got to know of it very late and, uh, there was no recovery from that. It was not possible. So that was one major failure and a lesson that, you know, if you're doing something, you are actually doing for the money aspect also. It's not just that, you know, you just keep on working Correct. Uh, without that angle in mind. You know, so if you are into creators, you are just not just into creators. You are actually selling those creators and getting the money out of it. So the uh, well-being of the company, the financial health is also a big thing. Absolutely. So that was a that was a very very uh, big shock uh, to me that people you know it actually happens in the real world that these kind of things also happen. So so yeah. at that at that point of time, so if you you don't have money in the bank, you don't have anything at all to back up for whatever you build it so far. Yeah. So what what's the point? What's the thought process behind it to get it back to to the world and experiment again? with new idea and just scale it up. So what is the point? Why, why you started with, uh, again, the new startup? So, so uh, there is this unreasonable amount of confidence that I have in myself. <laughs> that, you know, even if shit hits the fan, there would be something that we can do. You know, all the money was gone, the office was gone, uh, the clients were gone. But I was the one who had won the clients. You know, they were my clients. So once they got to know that this has happened and I don't work with the company anymore, uh, they left the company and they started working with me. So I started working as a freelancer then. So at least, uh, you know, not that kind of money, but at least the money keeps on coming in. 
because you know by then i was married and the son was very very young so this this happened like much earlier right. uh, before we moved here so the clients came in i continued being a consultant i was also a certified corporate trainer so you know i started a corporate training arm also we some of the designers who had left from there i would pay them you know on a per design basis and kind of kept the ball rolling uh, till i can make sense out of what has happened uh, hashta by then had decided to completely get into the culinary aspect of you know what her passion and her interest lie and she had her own uh, place uh, that was running so we were uh, not out of uh, you know we were not out of the thread but yeah we were at least kind of uh, you know chugging along a little seeing what comes next because definitely it was a big setback so i would say that you know if you talk in terms of uh, the investment styles of today you know you would say that it was a company that could have been something and then all of a sudden it's nothing and then you are left in a lurch not knowing what to do but still you have to do it you know there are uh, you can't just now what had happened due to my carelessness had happened it was it was true you know you can't just be blaming the others of course had i not blindly trusted or uh, been a little more aware of money you know that but you know this comes because you are not from a business family this does not come naturally to you uh, the money part does not come naturally to us if you would see uh, so my grandfather for example he was a doctor and you know we always hear that uh, till the very end till the time he died he only charged like i think 20 rupees uh, so he never ever knew how much is he making so you know like the folk tales go in every family so that you know he would just come and whatever cash he had he would just dump it uh, next to my grandma uh, we are all almost like that we uh, i like i i never really counted money till that day what is coming what is going because you know you think that okay your expenses are pretty much nothing like you know you Uh, you are not really into very expensive iPhones or cars or major travels or staying in five stars. That is not your lifestyle. Like that's not my lifestyle. So you think that okay, it it is going to be a net positive, you know. Uh, so you don't count. But then when you are doing it for yourself, okay, maybe that is your own decision. But when you are running a company, that is not the way that you need to take forward. You know, you need to count Certainly. every day. <laughs> but you build it from scratch and you build your seed money for it to invest in the tiger egg yes here. yes so uh, when uh, we moved here we were uh, really short of money oh. and this was also uh, a decision which was coming actually so uh, when we got married and uh, we were traveling uh, i was editing a coffee table book for dna the newspaper wow and just the, the deadline happened to be so that i carried my laptop on the honeymoon also so you know i was walking <laughs> and, and so that's know, good you are sitting that's a good expression to write <laughs> you know, you're sitting at the airport trying to find wifi where's the wifi i need to send mail you know you so, had good stars you did not get the legal <laughs> <laughs> so yes yeah, so you know even then it was coming that again is this what i would want to be doing that you know i have no time for myself and i'm just doing this and uh, you know even if you have your own businesses like all of you you know that there is someone else who is uh, demanding your time you even if you have your own business so if you are an employee that is in whatever times you work in that is there 
because the employer tells you but if you are self employed and if you are an entrepreneur then also you are working on somebody else's time right it is right. not that right. okay now i will do whatever i want this is a misconception that a lot of people have you know when they say i want to be my own boss they don't know what they are talking about so uh, <laughs> then i realized that okay maybe you know things had to be done differently but this was only in the back of my mind and because of the entire financial irregularities we got thrown into it like instead of gradually building to it we just got thrown into it that we had to take a decision you know just like you got selected in the medical also and then you had you were thrown into taking a decision right and uh, i would not want that because you know so when you are working there are a lot of things that are half done so you want to the decision that can be put on the back burner you kind of leave them there you are like whenever the time comes we will take that decision we'll cross the bridge when we reach there you know but people just kick you to the bridge sometimes and you have to just cross it so regarding this decision so why do you choose this industry so in terms of particular about this startup idea as mm-hmm. as in when it's a, of course it's a capital intensive decision to the start with but what's the what's your gut says keep is it so when we right so when we started this entire branding bit uh, we dealt with a lot of fnb and hotels a lot of uh, startup restaurants a lot of hotels so you know right from their branding and communication to training of the staff uh, to the operations bit so i i always enjoyed this bit you know i mean i never thought that uh, i would eventually end up running resorts but somehow the consulting bit had readied us for this in the sense that we knew the way the departments work you know the kind of staff that you get the trainings that are required uh, that it is not all very very uh, enjoyable you know that's what like when i when we were talking earlier and i said that people when they are traveling they say that oh i need to have a resort in this area people do that you know people who have that kind of money they are like oh wow acha you know this guy is full so he must be making x amount of money based Correct. on what they have paid for the resort they'll multiply it and they'll say oh this much money so if i put it this much i also do that <laughs> my roi will be in two years but uh, that is not how it goes uh, anyway so we were already somehow exposed to this industry and it was not that jump that we did not know the segment at all right so say i had ended up in a health industry for example i would have had to learn from scratch or any other say automobile or whatever it was but uh, hospitality was something that we were exposed to earlier as consultants and though the learning was of its own kind the curve was kind of different but uh, we were not completely uncomfortable with this and uh, it you know sometimes it's just the opportunity you take it had i said no so when this place was offered to me in 20 14 like end of 2014 had i said no to it then maybe i would have been doing something else but uh, sometimes the opportunities come and you have to just based on your feeling that yes i can do it or do i want to do it you know so when you are short of money and things are not working there's this uh thing that okay i should take up a job you yeah. know that is the easiest way out right uh, you're like fine man let's join a company start getting the money so you know that those opportunities were also there but we did not opt for that because you know uh once you start doing your own thing then you really can't go back 
to working for somebody. once you test your freedom then you don't go, go back to the employment yeah 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 so yeah once you become <laughs> right i mean once you don't want to share the fruits of whatever you are doing that is <laughs>